friends we are approaching the climax of the passion week 2020 good friday and easter are the two high points of the christian calendar the crucifixion of jesus and the resurrection of jesus is also the climax of the gospel of jesus christ today we will look at the crucifixion of jesus more closely from the gospel of mark chapter 15 verses 33 to 39 i have titled this message as hear and believe the gospel world over the coronavirus epidemic is running berserk infecting lakhs of people and killing thousands doctors and medical staff could prove crucial to save people's lives but here in india we often hear of doctors being beaten up on their way back from duty there are places where doctors are being evicted from their houses just because they fear that they have been infected by this epidemic people misbehave when they are being quarantined and they do all kinds of things that they should not be doing with those people who are here to save the situation but the situation was far worse in jerusalem approximately 2020 years back the epidemic of sin has been running berserk throughout human history it has infected and killed every person and it threatens to infect and kill every person who is alive and or, and or is yet to be born but jesus christ the savior had come to jerusalem to rescue sinful people from eternal death but sinful people rejected him they mocked him they spit on him they flogged him crucified him and killed him today our passage describes the very last 3 hours that jesus christ experienced on the cross verse 33 of chapter 15 of the gospel of mark says and when the 6th hour had come there was darkness over the whole land until the 9th hour now jesus has already been on the cross for the last 3 hours now he was crucified at the 3rd hour read verse 25 of the same chapter it says and it was the 3rd hour when they crucified him the 3rd hour means 9 o'clock in the morning and then it says at the 6th hour that is at noon 12 o'clock when the sun is supposed to be at its blazing best so much that you can hardly look at the sun with squinted eyes mark says there was darkness over the whole land until the 9th hour from 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock there was darkness now such things have been written about in the bible many times we know about the plague of darkness that came in the book of exodus but most of the times where it talks about the sun being darkened it was written in a very poetic and metaphorical way to talk about god's judgment on sinners for example if you turn with me to the prophecy of joel and chapter 2 and verse 10 it says the earth quakes before them the heavens tremble the sun and the moon are darkened and the stars withdraw their shining So here it talks about the sun and moon being darkened as signs of the coming judgment of God on the nation of Israel. If you also read verse 31 in the same chapter it says the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. 
chapter 3 verse 15 the sun and the moon are darkened and the stars withdraw their shining in this matter the prophecy of amos is very similar to mark if you read with me amos chapter 8 and verse 9 it says something like this and on that day declares the lord god i'll make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight in a poetic and metaphorical way amos was talking about god's judgment that is going to come upon israel but mark is not being poetic or metaphorical this literally happened in his day about that event luke also says in chapter 23 and verse 45 of his gospel the sun's light failed or the sun stopped shining it was pitch darkness it could not have been a solar eclipse because solar eclipses are rare during the full moon phase and passover typically begins on a full moon day and this was happening on a passover day not only that the solar eclipses are not seen for 3 hours at one location so who was god bringing his judgment upon on that day the next verse gives us the answer verse 34 says and at the ninth hour jesus cried with a loud voice eloi eloi lema sabachthani which means my god my god why have you forsaken me at 3 pm in the afternoon when the darkness was about to end jesus cries out with a loud voice saying eloi eloi lema sabachthani this was spoken in the aramaic lang- language but mark explains its meaning it means my god my god why have you forsaken me why has god forsaken jesus in mark chapter 10 and verse 45 jesus spoke about the purpose of his life he said he came to give his life as a ransom for many the bible tells us that the wages of sin is death god will punish sinful people with eternal death but jesus came to give his life as a ransom to god the father so that all those who would believe in him would be set free by god it also means that jesus will experience the eternal death instead of them he came to become their substitute on the cross he was carrying their sins and because of their sins he experienced separation from god that is why he cries out my god my god why have you forsaken me jesus quotes this line from psalm 22 and verse 1 in the psalm the psalmist says that he is unjustly suffering at the hands of his enemies he is suffering without a reason and that is why he calls out to god to come and save him i want you to read psalm 22 and verse 7 and 8 for the king trusts in the lord sorry let me uh, just correct that psalm 22 verse 7 and 8 all who see me mock me they make mouths at me they wag their heads he trusts in the lord let him deliver him let him rescue him for he delights in him his enemies mock him they say you delight in the lord let him come and save you now i want you to read mark chapter 15 and verse 31 and 32 it says so also the chief priests and the scribes mocked him to one another saying he saved others he cannot save himself let the christ the king of israel come down now from the cross that we may see and believe 
here Jesus's enemies mock him and they say you claim to save others now you save yourself this is very similar to psalm 22 i want you to go back to psalm 22 and also read verse 16 to 18 it says for dogs encompass me a company of evil doers encircles me they have pierced my hands and feet I can count all my bones they stare and gloat over me they divide my garments among them and for my clothing they cast lots come back to mark chapter 15 and read verse 24 it says and they crucified him and divided his garments among them casting lots for them to decide what each should take the soldiers have pierced his hands and legs and they cast lots for his garments lots of similarities that you see with psalm 22 jesus also knows he is unjustly suffering at the hands of his enemies he is suffering without a reason that is why he wants god to come and save him but because of our sins which he was carrying on his shoulders his father had forsaken him that is why he says my god my god why have you forsaken me let us look at a few more verses which will explain what is going on Romans chapter 3 and verse 25 God put forward Jesus as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith God the Father had given his son as a propitiation the word propitiation means to absorb the wrath of God God was angry with our sins he wanted to pour out his wrath on us but on the cross Jesus absorbed the wrath of God he put us aside took our place and absorb the wrath of god which was supposed to come on us so that we can receive god's pardon through faith in jesus read also galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 it says christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree god says that all those who do not do everything that he has commanded in his law is under a curse but paul says that jesus redeemed us from the curse by becoming a curse for us by hanging on a tree tree means cross so in those three hours of darkness on the cross jesus was experiencing separation from god rejection from the father eternal death the wrath of god and the curse of the law so that all those who believe in him will be saved from these things but look at the response of the people who were standing near the cross read mark chapter 15 and verse 35 to 36 it says and some of the bystanders hearing it said behold he is calling elijah and someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine put it in on a reed and gave it to him to drink saying wait let us see whether elijah will come to take him down Those words from Jesus Eloi Eloi sounded like Elijah Elijah in Aramaic some of the bystanders hear it and say behold he is calling Elijah in those days many Jews believed that because Elijah was taken up into heaven without dying he will return in times of crisis to protect and rescue righteous people so the assumption was that if Jesus is truly a righteous man Elijah would come to rescue him So in verse 36 one of the bystanders he runs fills a sponge with sour wine puts it on a staff and gives it to him to drink in those days sour wine was used by soldiers because it relieved thirst better than water 
they offered this to Jesus to keep him alive so that they could see if he could really summon Elijah to help him and prove that he was truly a righteous man it was an act of mockery it was an act of unbelief they were saying if you are truly a righteous man call elijah to save you they were behaving exactly like the mocking and unbelieving chief priests and scribes in verse 31 and 32 it says the chief priests and the scribes mocked him to one another saying he saved others he cannot save himself let the christ the king of israel come down now from the cross that we may see and believe according to the gospel of mark there is one main difference between believers and unbelievers believers hear the gospel and believe in jesus for example the woman who was sick for 12 years in mark chapter 5 verse 27 the syrophoenician woman who came to ask jesus to heal her demon possessed daughter mark chapter 7 and verse 25 and the blind man bartimaeus mark chapter 10 and verse 47 all of them heard about jesus and came to him and all of them are commended for their faith by jesus but unbelievers want to see a sign first before they believe in jesus for example the pharisees in mark chapter 8 and verse 11 and 12 they came to jesus and asked for a sign and these mockers who are standing near the cross are also belonging to that category and they keep seeing sign after sign but they never believe in jesus their hearts only become harder that is the difference between believers and unbelievers here the unbelievers saw the darkness that came over the land for 3 hours at noon but still they did not believe now they want to see elijah come and then believe in jesus the question is do you believe that on the cross jesus absorbed the wrath of god on your behalf or are you still looking for a new sign to believe jesus let him do this for me and then i will believe the unbelievers do not get the sign they demanded in fact very soon jesus dies and mark narrates jesus's death in a very simple way he says in verse 37 that jesus gave a loud cry and breathed his last but john notes in his gospel in chapter 19 and verse 30 that when jesus had received the sour wine he said it is finished that means the work on the cross is finished He has fully absorbed the wrath of God. He has taken our punishment fully. And see what the what Luke notes in his gospel. In chapter 23 and verse 46, he says that before Jesus breathed his last, he said, "Father, into your hands I commend my spirit." Once again, he calls God as father. It means that the relationship between Jesus and God has now been restored. That's why he who was calling him God God is now once again calling him father and that is why we see that when jesus dies mark chapter 15 38 says and the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom this is the second supernatural event that happens in these 3 hours the first event was the darkness that spread over the whole land we understood the meaning of that event the message behind that event we understood that jesus redeemed us by absorbing the wrath of god during those 3 hours of darkness but what is the message behind this new event this event shows that jesus has now reconciled us to god we can once again enjoy god's presence how did he do that 
Well, there is a confusion over which curtain is Mark talking about here. There are two curtains in the temple. One that separates the temple's holy place from the courtyard of the temple. This can be seen by the people in the courtyard when the door of the temple is opened. The second curtain separates the temple's holy place from the most holy place. This cannot be seen by normal people. Only the priests serving in the temple can see it. And only the high priest went once a year beyond the second curtain into the most holy place. That day was called the Day of Atonement, when the high priest would go inside the most holy place to offer a sacrifice of atonement, forgiveness of sins for himself and for the whole nation of Israel. So which curtain was Mark talking about? Some people think that we are talking about the second curtain, but I think we are talking about the first curtain which separated the holy place from the courtyard of the temple because of two main reasons. How did people come to know that when Jesus died, the curtain in the temple was torn because they could see it from the courtyard? Second reason is that if the second curtain had torn, the priests would have concealed it. Why would priests who were opposing and mocking Jesus go and tell the people that when Jesus died, the curtain in the temple tore? So I think the first curtain tore. But what is the message behind this? We can understand it from the book of Hebrews. The torn curtain shows that Jesus has entered the temple, but not the temple in Jerusalem, but the heavenly temple, like the high priest, but he enters the heavenly temple to offer his own sacrifice as the atonement for our sins. The author of Hebrews calls it eternal redemption. Read Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 11. It says, But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places. So, uh, here is, uh, we just go further into verse 12. Not by means of the blood of goats and cows, but by means of his own blood, the securing and eternal redemption. Verse 24 also. It says, For Christ has entered not into the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. But like the high priest, he does not have to offer a sacrifice year after year. He made the sacrifice once so that all our sins may be forgiven. Verse 25 and verse 26 says, Now, nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own. For then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. So uh, the tearing of the curtain definitely uh, shows that Jesus has entered into the heavenly sanctuary with his own blood. And now he has done that for our, for us on our behalf. This also means that we can now follow Jesus into the presence of God like a priest to serve him because our sins have been forgiven. Our conscience has been cleansed. We are righteous in the eyes of God. Once again, let us look at Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 14. It says, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works 
to serve the living god for us the tearing of the temple curtain means the tearing of jesus's flesh it is because of his suffering that we are now able to enter into the presence of god that is why in hebrews chapter 10 and verse 20 it says by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh so jesus opened this new way for us and it is through his flesh that this new way has been opened that is why for us the curtain represents the body of jesus and we have the confidence to enter into the most holy place the presence of god because like a priest we enter with the sacrifice of jesus's blood the blood that cleanses us the blood that makes us righteous in the eyes of god hebrews chapter 4 verse 19 said therefore brothers since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of jesus so now we have confidence to go into the presence of god on the cross jesus actually made a double exchange he took our sins and gave us his righteousness that's why i want you to read second corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 it says for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so jesus became sin for our sake and but he knew no sin he himself did no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of god so not only did he take our sins his righteousness was given to us coming back to our passage in mark chapter 15 and verse 39 it says and when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed this last he said truly this man was a son of god when jesus breathed his last on the cross there was a centurion standing exactly opposite him he confesses that truly this man was the son of god was this man's confession a genuine one there is much debate on the subject some scholars give an opinion that truly this man gave a genuine confession of faith while others don't believe that i believe that this man's confession was not a genuine one why i said that there is one main difference between a believer and a non-believer a believer hears the gospel and believes in jesus but an unbeliever wants to see a sign before he can believe in jesus this centurion belongs to that second category see and believe matthew mark and luke say that he saw the miraculous signs and believed if you turn with me to matthew chapter 27 and verse 54 it says when the centurion and those who were with him keeping watch over jesus saw the earthquake and what took place they were filled with awe and said truly this was the son of god when jesus died there was also a violent earthquake and the rock split so the centurion and his companions see this earthquake the darkness of the 3 hours and they probably also had come to know about the tearing of the temp- temple curtain and then they confess that jesus is the son of god mark also tells us the same thing that it is after he sees these signs that he believes 
another thing that makes his confession look fake is that he probably thinks jesus is just a man in the roman culture many kings were called sons of god and jesus who was called the king of the jews is just one of them a son of god not the son of god that is why in greek when you read this verse you will hear the centurion literally say truly the man was a son of god many bibles will mention that in the footnote and it is not a mistake here because everywhere else in the gospel of mark jesus is called the son of god not a son of god not note those portions chapter 1 verse 24 chapter 3 verse 11 chapter 14 verse 61 and the centurions puts his emphasis not on the son of god but that jesus was just a man that is why in greek it says the man and we see this clearly in the gospel of luke also if you turn with me to luke chapter 23 and verse 47 you will see what the centurion says there it says now when the centurion saw what had taken place he praised god saying certainly this man was innocent don't be fooled because he praised god many believers in the gospel of mark and many unbelievers in the gospel of mark praise god when they see jesus miracles the unbelieving scribes who were part of a crowd probably they also glorified god when they saw jesus heal the paralytic man in mark chapter 2 and verse 12 in fact in mark chapter 7 and verse 7 jesus says something about the pharisees and he quotes uh, the pro- prophet isaiah there he says this people honors me with their lips but their heart is far from me so here in luke chapter 23 it is written that this centurion said about jesus that certainly this man was innocent the emphasis is on jesus being a man probably he was also influenced by the hellenistic culture where some men were considered to be divine a man who becomes like god but the bible teaches us very clearly that jesus is the son of god who came down to earth and took on a human form we might say the right things about jesus with our lips but we could have the wrong jesus in our hearts and this happens because our eyes are focused on what he can do for us we need healing we need financial help we need success in education or our career we will believe him only if he does all these things for us like the jews and the centurion they wanted him to save himself from the cross call elijah to save him show us with your signs that you're powerful but that was not true faith true faith comes from hearing the gospel a believer focuses his ears on the message of the gospel for a believer the three hours of darkness is not so important but that jesus absorbed the wrath of god on our behalf during those three hours of darkness that is more important for him the tearing of the curtain is not so important but that jesus entered the presence of god like a high priest and that through his high priestly ministry he made a way for us into the presence of god that is more important 
and that is why we should try to know and understand the gospel and as a church we should continue to preach the gospel every week although the centurion's faith looked fake he was never without hope if he was uh, with a group of people who were preaching the gospel maybe god would have changed his heart given him true faith that is why in first corinthians and chapter 1 and verse 22 and verse 23 paul says for jews demand signs and greeks seeks uh, greeks seek wisdom but we preach christ crucified a stumbling block to jews and folly to the gentiles this generation wants signs and wonders but let us continue to preach the gospel of jesus christ because in the mercy and grace of god he is able to change their hearts through this gospel this gospel is all the only true hope for this sinful generation may this message be a blessing for each and every one of us let me just pray for you father i want to thank you for this message thank you for teaching us that jesus absorbed the wrath of god on our behalf he became the great high priest through whose ministry now we can have access into your presence we can confidently come before you this message is worth hearing and believing thank you that through the gift of faith we have been able to do that and we pray that as faithful christians and as a faithful church we will continue to preach this gospel so that many more will hear and believe That's our prayer this morning Lord we submit ourselves into your hands in Jesus Christ most precious name we pray amen